Welcome to Preston Minster. Find your home, find your purpose, transform your city. Let's jump into this week's talk. Well, thank you very much for that introduction. It's good to be with you guys uh, today. As Laura says, my name is, is Sam, and I'm going to be speaking to you today for uh, a few moments. Should we pray before we jump into God's Word? Lord, we do want to thank you very much for the gift of your Word. Thank you for this time. We pray you just draw a, a ring around it. We just want to acknowledge that we have lots of stuff going on in our minds. Uh, we want to put that to one side for this time as we focus our attention on you. We thank you that you're a God who, who speaks to us, who directs us, who draws us into ever closer relationship with you. And as we look to you now, we pray you would speak to every single person. Open our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be with you guys today. I hope you're doing well. Um, I know Tim made that thing there about small talk and the weather and stuff, but it is genuinely giving me joy. So I'm going to mention like how nice the weather has actually been the last couple of days, which shouldn't be taken for granted. And well done for making it here uh, this morning. Of course, it was a Eurovision yesterday. So I'm sure loads of you were watching the Eurovision song contest. So well done for, it was a Eurovision yesterday, wasn't it? I didn't watch it. I was watching Malcolm in the Middle yesterday. Do you remember that? Sort of, you know, you know, exposing my children to like real proper TV, not like the Eurovision. Um, but yeah, it's been a bit of a mad week, to be honest. From my perspective, I was ill on Tuesday, Thursday, so I've just been like struggling with a cold. You can still hear it a bit. I quite like it, actually. It's a bit husky. I think I might try and keep it a um, bit deeper than usual, a few tones down. Um, uh, but I got up on Tuesday and I just felt terrible, but I didn't know what it was about because on the day before Monday, I, I did a CrossFit session for the very first time. Like, I'm not a gym guy, honestly. I'm not a gym guy. I don't usually go to the gym, but I went to CrossFit because my wife's been going for a while and she's been nagging me about it. So I went to CrossFit on Monday. So I woke up on Tuesday and I was like, am I sick? Or was that just like a really massive session, gym session yesterday? And it turned out I was actually sick. But I don't know if you guys have come across CrossFit before. It's like a very intense type of, of workout. But I tell you what, it was a humbling experience, guys. I've got a bit of time, so I'm going to take you through it a little bit, okay? So I get there on Monday morning, 6 a.m. class, okay? 6 a.m. class, Monday morning, we get there. And there's something about gyms. I don't know. I don't often go to them. I've not been much of a, a gym person, like, in, in my life. But you sort of walk into the gym tired. But as a man, anyway, you walk in into the gym and then all of a sudden it's like you know sort of alpha male and you sort of you know what I mean you try to keep up it's a class so you know you want to sort of prove yourself you want to be up on that pecking order there so you know you sort of you know pecking around like that and uh, I did I did quite well for the warm-up I did quite well for the warm-up they did some weird stretches you have to like lie on the floor and try and get like your leg to sort of touch your other hand I won't do it now and then there was wall walks I was in my mind I thought shall I actually try and do this in the talk try and do the wall walk but I'm not it's where you kind of put your feet on the wall but then you got to kind of you got to walk your hands backwards it's maybe google it later it's, it's really hard but I did it so I was like yes keeping up there like I can do this crossfit this is easy I can do crossfit and then, and that was just the warm-up, really. They got to the actual workout. And then with CrossFit, 
what they do is it's a lot of weightlifting. So they have these massive heavy bars. So my, my wife and all of the other CrossFitters are there with these like big heavy bars and they're putting, they're putting weights on the end. And I thought, all right, well, let's give that a go. But then the guy comes over to me and he gave me a plastic tube. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even like a solid plastic tube. It was a hollow plastic tube, you know, like a drain pipe, but very thin. And he was like, yeah, you, you use this because it's your first time, you know. And uh, like, you know, you want to focus on form, you know, don't, don't, don't focus on like, you know, lifting, just focus on form. So here's a plastic tube. <laughs> so it was quite a humbling experience because there I am, like everyone's absolutely going for it with these massive weights, you know, kind of doing squats with the weights. And there I am with this plastic tube, like, like an idiot, basically. <laughs> It's a very, it was a very humbling experience. It strikes me, though it is a little bit of a segue into my talk. I did, I did think about it. It's not just me telling you about my, my week. Because um, I want us to talk today about, about the power of community. And particularly how, how community, being in like a radical community, can help us live a radical life. As Tim's mentioned, we uh, are focusing on, on groups at this moment in our church's life. Like we have Alpha starting, which is a group on Wednesday. We've got lots of groups starting at this time of year. And uh, they're not just social clubs. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, come along and, and, and join the gardening club. These are, these are radical communities where you can encounter a radical God and God's radical love. And if, if you want to live a radical life, I want to argue that you need to be in a radical community. And as I went into CrossFit, even though I've tried, I mean, I've, I went to one session, okay? We'll see how it goes. Come back in a few weeks. But my, my, my hunch is there's something about being in an environment, a community of other people doing that sort of exercise, which kind of propels you forward, if that makes sense. Do you know, I could have stayed at home and watched CrossFit videos. It would have been a heck of a lot cheaper. I'll tell you that. But actually, to stay, I don't know if you've ever tried to like do uh, sort of solo exercise over a sustained period of time. You can do it, but it's harder. Sometimes when you get yourself in an environment or you get yourself with a, another sort of exercise partner, actually doing that becomes easier because all you've got to do is get yourself into the environment. Then all of a sudden you're, you're exercising, you're doing it, you're in the flow, you, you're growing, you're becoming more of who you want to be. And it's the same with our church communities. You know, the people that we surround ourselves with, we will become like. You might have heard it said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. See, for good or for ill, you are becoming like the people you surround yourself with. So it strikes me that it's a good idea for us to pay attention and to bring some intentionality to the types of community that we dwell in and how they can shape us and form us for good and for God. And that is why we are so passionate about groups because when people get together with intentionality at the heart, with a desire to move forward in their relationship with Jesus Christ, then that's quite an exciting place to be. I, I, I love being in groups like that, 
where we have this shared desire to grow deeper in our walk with Jesus. You see, the Christian life, if it's like a race, then church is kind of like the gym. It's where you grow, it's where you get strong. And church is not just about Sunday, it's about our Monday to Friday, our nine to five, and how, and how we use that time to become more like Jesus and to serve him in the places that he's called us to be. So today we're focusing on community. We're focusing on community. I wanna give you three C's of community. Content, the content of community, the cornerstone of community and the conclusion of community. But before we get to the three C's, it struck me that there is actually a fourth that's probably worth mentioning first. uh, And that is the cost of community. You see, as valuable as community is, and surrounding ourselves with people who can encourage us to go deeper in our walk with Jesus. As important as that is, there is also a a cost to community. It's costly. And that cost is sevenfold. There can be lots of different aspects to it. Perhaps one of the costs of community is the cost of entry, if you know what I mean. It's, it's difficult to enter a new space. When I walked into CrossFit on Monday morning, I felt like a kid who was going to a new school on the first day of term when I didn't know anybody else. You know that feeling. You may have experienced it today. You've never been into this building before, perhaps. You don't know the people. There's a sense of, of sort of, you know, mystery about it. And that can be costly. There's a vulnerability there, isn't there? Because it's like, oh, what, are people going to welcome me? Is everybody going to know the songs and I'm not? Is anybody going to talk to me? What's it going to be like? There's a cost of entry. There's also a cost if we want to go deeper in our, in, in our relationships within the context of community. And that requires vulnerability as well. You see, it's costly to bring our weaknesses and our struggles to one another. That's not an easy thing to do, is it? And if you've ever been part of a family or or a group or, yeah, just a, a community of people where you've had to share some of your struggles, your addictions, your failures, the ways you've messed up, that, that's, that's a cost. It comes, it comes at a high price and, and, and there's a reward to it because as, as we do share our weaknesses, right, and our vulnerabilities and our struggles, then we build strong relationships and we can grow and we can become like better, stronger people. But it's costly and it's difficult and sometimes it can be awkward. There's a, a cost to community And we need to ask ourselves, is it worth it? And the answer, of course, is yes, of course it's worth it. It's worth it because of where it takes us. Like a good community that calls you to be the best version of you will probably be one of the most valuable investments of your time that you can make. Does that make sense? Like if, if you get yourself into a community where those people can speak the truth to you, 
Not what you want to hear. Not just, there's, a, there's so many like yes men and yes women around who will just kind of say the right thing. But if you get yourself into a community where people can call out the best in you and the worst and hold you to account, like you're gonna grow as a person. You're gonna make an impact. If that's in the context of your walk with Jesus, that's gonna make you more like Jesus. Does that make sense? You guys with me so far? Good, wow. I'm feeling the energy today, guys, honestly. Um, but yeah, when you, get, when you get yourself into that community, it is so worth it. Honestly, I tell you, I have grown so much in my walk with Jesus because I've been surrounded by great people. Um, so much of it is just simply being in that environment, a community of people who can say, look, here's, here's what I think you should do. Here's perhaps what you shouldn't be doing. Here's some advice I can give you. Here's what the Bible says about that. Here, can I pray for you? People who will check in with you uh, at different times. That's, that's like a precious, precious gift that we should, we should seek after. I think one of my like most, the, the times in my life when I've grown the most as a follower of Jesus was when me and my mate Mark would meet every two weeks uh, when we lived, in, uh, we lived in London before we came to Preston. We used to meet uh, Weatherspoons in Victoria Station. If you know me, I love a cheeky Weatherspoons. It's the only place in London as well you can get like a fry up for under a fiver. At the time, it's probably more expensive now. Um, probably go into too much detail about the price of, can you, I mean, maybe you can get a fry up somewhere in London for under a fiver, but I don't know. And uh, we would meet for an hour We'd meet for an hour every two weeks. Uh, I think it was that like Monday or Tuesday morning. We'd get breakfast. And we had a little, a little pattern that we used to run through. We'd give thanks for five things that had happened in the past couple of weeks. Uh, we'd read a bit of the Bible together. We'd pray for one another. And then, then we'd go off into the rest of, our, rest of our days. And I tell you, like my faith in those, like it was maybe three years we did that, just grew exponentially. Just because of that discipline, that habit of being able to sit down with somebody else and have a real and honest conversation. And like Tim says, I just don't think there are many places. That's why we're so pumped about Alpha because it's this space where you can come and say, yeah, this is what I think or what I believe not only that, this is what I'm going through. These are my difficulties. These are my struggles. And I tell you, I grew so much. It was like going to the spiritual gym every two weeks, every time we had that, that meeting. It was a, a point of growth. So as we think about community, let's think about those three C's really briefly. First of all, what is the content of radical community? What's the content of radical community? Well, in the Bible, in Acts chapter two, uh, we read about a radical community. The words will come up on the screen. But just for context, this passage is an account of what the early church did. This is a community like any other community. And this is the community of the early church. And they, this is what they did. This is literally the account. So it says, Acts chapter two, Verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. 
They sold possessions and property to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So that's just a little snapshot there, a little window into a radical community. But what was the content of it? Well, we see a few things. First of all, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's like the reading, that's kind of like the reading of scripture. Like the apostles were Jesus' disciples, they followed Jesus around, they wrote down what he did, what he said, what he taught, and then the early church devoted themselves to those teachings. That's the same today. Like reading the scriptures is one aspect of it. It says fellowship, that was just meeting together. And they used to meet in homes and they would pray. That's another aspect of it, another aspect of a radical community. And they would share their possessions. The content of this community is so interesting to me, so interesting. Because I don't know if I've, if I've really seen community played out like this before. But what I can see is, and I know the rest of the story, the rest of the story is this small group of disciples that Jesus chose, most of them were fishermen or tax collectors or something like that. They went on to change the world. They had a huge impact. And if you want your life to make a difference today, and I believe every one of us does, if you want your life to make a difference, get yourself into community, but not just that, Get yourself into community with this type of content, if that makes sense. You've got scripture, prayer, meeting together, breaking bread. That's remembering all that Jesus has done for us. That's the content of community. Then secondly, we come on to the cornerstone of community. What's the cornerstone of community? Well, we see in Ephesians chapter two, this is another letter from the early church. This is after Jesus has died and rose again. There were a number of letters that were written um, to different churches at the beginning of the church. And he says this in, in one of those letters. This is Ephesians chapter two, verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So what we see in this passage is, is not just the content of community. There's some aspects we've seen, scripture, prayer, breaking bread, meeting together. That's like the content, okay? So here what we see in this passage is we see that there's a cornerstone. Now you guys are not stupid. You know what cornerstone is. Like that's the most important stone in the building. You take the cornerstone out, the whole building falls down, okay? So what's the cornerstone in Christian community? The cornerstone is the person of Jesus Christ. Like Jesus is the cornerstone. You take Jesus out of Christianity and you've just got Ian. No, Ianity. No, if you take, yeah, Christ, Christ out of Christian, then you get Ian. Yeah, that's where it was. Sorry. Um, Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. And what we see in this passage is that we're called to build our lives on him. It talks about, you know, this, this kind of church 
as a, the image of a building and Jesus being the cornerstone in that building. You see, Christian community is not baseless. It's solid. There is content to it. And we are built on the person of Jesus Christ. And this is what struck me when I came to church for the first time. See, I didn't go up going to church or anything like that. I became a Christian when I was 18. I had like zero church background before then. I grew up, I think as Laura mentioned, in a place called Keithley in West Yorkshire, which is a pretty like run down, deprived um, working class town in, in West Yorkshire. And uh, single mom, lots and lots of, of chaos uh, growing up. My um, uh, sort of childhood was marked with lots of episodes of sort of domestic violence or uh, just being surrounded by the chaos that like heavy drinking, uh, heavy drinking culture brought. Uh, a lot of it was surrounded around just kind of pubs and clubs and moving from house to house to house like every six months, um, at least particularly in my younger years. You see, the, the whole idea of, of faith just didn't even occur to me growing up. Like I just, we never went to church uh, unless it was a baptism or something like that uh, or a funeral. And I remember coming to church for the first time properly of my own accord uh, when I was 18. And it, it was really the community that made the, the difference, if that made sense. Yeah, I found it really interesting because I went to a church like this and it had a carpet and a band and that blew my mind because I thought church was all about organs and pews and hymns and you had to wear your Sunday best and da -da -da -da, all that stuff was my like, preconception. But then when I, I got there, yeah, it was interesting that church was, was different. But I guess what, what really struck me was the people, like meeting people who were my own age uh, and stage in life and who could really you know, resonate with, with where I was at. That, that impacted me in a massive way. People who would spend time you know, listening to my questions and my curiosity and the things that like, I really struggled with or I found difficult. You see, that's, that's massive. That's a massive aspect of it. And then what that led me to realize was that at the cornerstone of this community, like these young people were living such a different lifestyle to the one that I was living. Mine was about like, living for the weekend. I worked as a bus mechanic. I left school at 16, no GCSEs. Like my whole life was about basically looking forward to Friday, Saturday, Sunday to go out, maybe have a couple of holidays a year. That was my ambition. And then maybe buy a car or whatever. And, and all of those things were just so empty and meaningless and just didn't fill that, that void within, if that makes sense. You see, I think we've all got a void. I don't know if you agree or disagree see what you think, but I think we've all got a void. And if you, if you don't fill that void with what it's, what it's created to be filled by, which is God, God is the only one who can fill the void. You'll fill it with something else. You'll fill it with cars and sex and drugs or career ambition or power. You'll fill it. It doesn't stay full, full for very long. And most of, most of us, if you're, I don't know, over the age of 20, you've probably figured that out by now. You've got a void. And I guess I'm here to tell you today that the only way to fill that void really and truly 
is through a relationship with Jesus Christ because that's what I discovered walking into church for the first time, aged 18, meeting some people and, and, it, and it, it met a need deep within. I was like, I've never seen this before. I've never seen people who love like this, who care like this, who live so counterculturally. Like they didn't drink in excess. They didn't sleep around. They didn't do drugs. They didn't smoke. All of the things that was commonplace for me were not commonplace for them and they were no less happier because of it. In fact, quite the opposite. I was empty trying to fill my voids and they were full of the Lord. And... That's something I think that if you remember one thing today, that's one thing to take away because God is the only one who can truly, truly satisfy. Who can truly satisfy. And at the heart of any Christian community is the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. There's some content. Yes, they're reading scripture. They're praying. They're meeting with one another. But the cornerstone is Jesus. And then we come to the conclusion. That's great. It's great that that's the content. It's great that Jesus is the cornerstone, but what difference is it going to make, right? Because that's what we're interested in. We want to see our lives changed. Many of you here today are weighed down by burdens. You've got health issues. You've got addictions. You're trying to fill that void with all kinds of different things relationship issues, financial burdens, whatever it might be. Well, what's the conclusion? What's the impact that a Jesus-loving, Jesus-as-the-cornerstone community can make? Well, as we dig together into community, we can grow. As we get into that spiritual gym, if I can put it like that, our lives can be shaped and transformed. You know, there's a, a scripture in the Bible that says, as, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And when you get into a community where iron is sharpening iron, and you're being strengthened and you're being built up and that void is being filled by good things and godly things, not sinful things and dark things, but the things of the Lord, then that's a powerful place to be. For you personally, that's gonna heal you, that's gonna change you, it's gonna transform you. But then collectively, as we get into into, into communities, into churches. We're gonna make a bigger impact. We're gonna see the city transformed. We're gonna see other people, just like I was aged 18, walking lost and go out found, walking broken and go out healed, walking with, with chains and go out free. And some of you are walking with some chains this morning, I know it, because we we're, all, we're all going through it. And you can walk out today knowing that that there, there is a God in heaven who loves you. Like this isn't just fairy tale stuff. This is what I thought when I was 18. I thought, oh man, this is just something for the, for the storybooks. But Jesus is alive. He's real. He's on the throne. He's active today. He wants to use you. He wants to transform you. He wants you to become more like him. And it, it can happen when you're sat in your bedroom watching YouTube videos of church. Yeah, sure. But if you want to turbocharge that, Get into radical community. Get into a community where others 
can help you move forward in your, in your walk with the Lord. Your life will be better, lighter. You'll make a greater impact in this world. Should we stand together? I'd love for us to pray. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media. See you next week.